What's up, everybody? My name is Zach Schellmer. This is Strong Opinion Sports for Monday, September 25th. I had a tough week last week, uh, but this is what I love to do. I'm so excited for today's show. We have a lot of football to discuss and a little bit of basketball. Um, actually, some really compelling basketball stories, including Carmelo Anthony and Kevin Durant. There will be no baseball talk today. It, it's still not October, and you know when, does, when October finally comes, I will actually acknowledge that Major League Baseball exists. But until then, I don't even know ex- baseball is happening. I think that says a lot about me, but I also think that says a lot about baseball. October, we will talk about baseball, I promise. Uh, and before we get to the Carmelo Anthony trade, before we talk about Carmelo Anthony, I want to start with this. It's going to be a little shaky at first, but trust me, hang in there through the first couple sentences. I am going to talk about the national anthem for about two minutes. Hang in there, trust me. One of my goals is I would honestly love to be the John Oliver of sports. I have a long way to go. I'm well aware. I'm just sharing one of my silly goals. Uh, I chose to start a sports show. And I'm certain I could make a really entertaining political show, but that's not what I want to do. I am actually quite fascinated by politics, but I don't want to talk about politics. First of all, I, I firmly believe in informative politics, not entertaining politics. But I can't talk about politics the same way I do sports. You know, sports are not life or death. You simply cannot compare North Korea to the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, one is really scary and one is just an overrated football team. Sports has a much lighter impact than politics do. And the truth is, I'm a white male. No matter what I have to say, I feel like I can't win. So... Therefore, I'm very intentional to avoid politics. No one can call me racist when I'm arguing that I would rather have Steph Curry than Russell Westbrook. On the other hand, sadly but truthfully, politics are not a safe topic to talk about. By the way, Steph Curry, Russell Westbrook, that is a topic for Wednesday. Uh, But if you're listening to a sports podcast, you're probably looking for sports. Politics kind of depress me and sports are my way of escaping that, of getting away from politics. I watch sports for sports. I don't watch the NFL for politics. I watch the NFL to get away from politics. Every outlet is talking in such great detail about the national anthem. Personally, it's a non-starter for me. I couldn't care less. I just don't care. I don't even see the national anthem. Unless I go to a game, I don't see the national anthem happen. Only if I'm in attendance. I understand kneeling offends some people, but it doesn't offend me. We can all agree America has issues. I'm happy to live here. I'm so lucky to be in this country. I love my country. I do not like the flaws that America has. But I love one thing I love about the U.S. is its freedom of expression. I have no problem with kneeling. Honestly, they could kneel, they could hold hands, they could sing, hold, you know, run around singing Kumbaya. I don't care. The national anthem story doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't rile me up. It doesn't make me angry. The way it is covered by the media is infuriating. That is what bothers me about this story. This, the national anthem kneeling is so obviously not about the flag or the military. And I find it really annoying The media outlets still keep talking about the military and the flag. I'm sad the original intent appears to have totally been lost. Everyone has 
their own opinion on whether people should or should not. I don't, I don't care. Do whatever you want. If I'm going to see the national anthem coverage, I would rather see an interview. I want to hear why athletes like Richard Sherman are making the decisions that they are making. It doesn't bother me. It's a silent protest. Guys, you know, I think every team should handle it exactly how they want to handle it. It, it really doesn't bother me. It's a silent protest. I'm happy to hear why you do what you do. That's fine. But I'm not going to seek it out. You, you know, I'm not going to ESPN looking for politics. Again, I watch sports for sports. I don't watch the NFL for politics. I watch the NFL to get away from politics. You know, I'm tired of the way the Anthem story has been twisted and, and, and torn so much that we forgot about the original intent. And I wonder, am I alone in that? I watch SportsCenter for sports. If I wanted politics, I would turn on Fox News or MSNBC. You know, I have no issue with the protests. I have no issue with players protesting. The players can do whatever they want. What I have an issue with is the media coverage, the way this story is being covered. Whether they should stand or they should not stand. That debate clearly misses the point. It's not about the anthem. It's not about the flag. It's not about the military. This is about racial inequality. You know, this is my personal opinion, uh, but a silent protest to raise awareness about racial inequality does not offend me in the slightest. You know, even though I just want to unwind and watch Tom Brady play football, and even though I'm trying to avoid politics by watching football, I really don't mind Anyone sitting for the national anthem or holding hands or singing kumbaya, kumbaya, do whatever you want. It doesn't bother me. And, and I want to point out that most of my friends growing up came from football or came from baseball or basketball, sports. You know, I love the idea that sports is a unifier. Uh, that message kind of I've heard the last couple of days all around. And that is a message I would like to rally around. You know, I'm not here to tell you what to believe or what to think. And if it bothers you, hey, that's fine. Maybe my opinion bothers you. And that's also fine. My best friends and I, I'm going to talk about this later, my best friends and I disagree all the time. So feel free to disagree with me. But that, that's just my two cents. That being said, let's move on. This weekend, Carmelo Anthony was traded from the New York Knicks to the Oklahoma City Thunder. The details of this tr- trade kind of say it all, if you ask me. Oklahoma City received Carmelo Anthony. And in return... The New York Knicks got, oh, oh, it's, it's unbelievably, really. Like, are, are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? These are names. Th- these names are going to blow you away. Here is what the Knicks got. Enos Cantor, <laughs> Doug McDermott, and a second-round player. <laughs> are you really going to hear that and tell me that Carlo, Carmelo Anthony is worth a lot? The Knicks got who? Exactly. The Knicks got nothing, which is all that Carmelo Anthony is worth. You know, my senior year of high school, we, there was a receiver who was just a pain in the butt. He was, he was cancer. He wouldn't stretch during warmups. You know, he would, he's always screwing around. He was messing around. He was talking. He never took anything seriously. He was a pain in the butt. And the, and the worst thing was he was influencing other guys to do that too. 
He had a small group of followers who would do whatever he did and they would screw around just like he did. Well, you know what I did? I told him to shape up or go home. So the guy quit the team and life was never better. After that kid quit, his group fell back in line and we didn't have any issues. You can't have cancer on your team. And Carmelo Anthony is like cancer. Other than in college, can you name a team that Carmelo Anthony elevated and made them play better? Maybe the Nuggets like 20 years ago? I don't know. Like, guys, do you realize what's happened, what happened this weekend, right? Did you, you, you saw what happened and you were able to take away what the real result is. The result was not that the Oklahoma City Thunder got better. This sealed the deal that Paul George will sign with the Los Angeles Lakers next offseason. And you won't see it at first. Um, at first, OKC will seem like this happy little family. And you guys will be like, Zach, you were totally wrong. Carmelo Anthony isn't an issue. Mm, just hang in there. Everyone is great at first. It's called the honeymoon phase. You know, the first five or six dates, you're on your best behavior. But then you get comfortable and you stop acting. When Carmelo Anthony stops acting, Oklahoma City is going to have major problems. I cannot wait to watch the Lakers in the 2018-2019 NBA. LeBron, Paul George, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram. That is what really happened this weekend. The Lakers just got an early Christmas gift. Carmelo Anthony will have issues with Paul George, and Paul George will eventually leave and go to the Lakers. The Carmelo Anthony trade this weekend just sealed the deal. Paul George is now going to the Lakers. You know, you know, last night we had a really interesting Monday night football game. The Redskins dominated the Raiders 27-10. to 10. I absolutely loved it. I love watching Kirk Cousins. And I like watching the Redskins. You know, you know I follow Josh Norman and Kirk Cousins and Terrell Pryor all on Instagram. First I see it on Instagram and then I watching the game. You get the sense that they love each other. These guys really enjoy their company. The Redskins are full of likable guys. Not to mention that Kirk Cousins has a really compelling story. Kirk Cousins is playing to earn his new contract, to get more money. I, I loved watching him light up Oklahoma, Oakland last week. Oakland last night? It was last night. I loved watching him tear up Oakland defense. I, I have Oakland at 10-5 and five this season. A wild card team. They're fine. Uh, but I think last night is a perfect example of the issues that Oakland has. You know, I, I love Oakland. And I love Derek Carr. I, I firmly believe that Derek Carr is the next Aaron Rodgers. But the Oakland Raiders have serious issues on defense. First of all, the Raiders' secondary is absolutely atrocious. And similar to the Steelers, the Redskins are a really emotional kind of team. You know, they, they play better at home. But even that is tainted because they're dicey stadium issues. So now the Oakland Raiders are kind of, I don't really trust them anywhere. And the Raiders are not going to win the Super Bowl this year. They have way too many factors working against them. I think 10-5 and five is a safe bet for their season. They'll bounce back. The Raiders will be fine. They're going to be competitive, but they're going to be overshadowed 
by the Kansas City Chiefs in their own division. And the Broncos, also in their division, are going to compete really closely with them. So the Raiders showed a lot of their flaws yesterday. So eh, the Raiders, I'm not sold on them. They're not a bad team, but they're definitely a borderline middle team. Another takeaway I have from the Redskins-Raiders game last night is that, you know, I'm sitting there watching it and just thinking, man, the NFC East is the best division in football. Like, I, I know the Giants are a train wreck, but, but the Giants are going to be competitive. They are going to win some games this year, even though they started 0-3. They can still win some games and kind of shake up their division. But the Cowboys, the Eagles, and the Redskins, oh my goodness. That is going to be the best battle in the NFL this year. You know... Keep your eye on the NFC East. You know, they have three-star quarterbacks and one kind of, eh. You know, we have Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz, Kirk Cousins, and we have the washed-up Hall of Famer Eli Manning. The NFC East is really fascinating to me. I can't wait to see who ends up on top, but my money is on the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm going to take a short break. When I return, the NFL is the best sports league in the entire world. Here's why. I want to tell you why right after this. And immediately after that, Kevin Durant. We need to have a talk about Kevin Durant. It's about time. I've been been holding this in for like a week, so I'm really excited to talk about this. And then much later, we will talk about the Seattle Seahawks. My name is Zach Schellner. This is Strong Opinion Sports, and I'll be right back. Man, this was an incredible week of NFL football. The NFL is the best sports league in the entire world. You know that, right? Like, like, listen to these scores from this weekend. The Jaguars smashed the Ravens 44-7. The Bills then went on to beat the Broncos, who last week just annihilated the Cowboys. The lowly Bears beat the Steelers in overtime. The Jets won a game. The Jets beat the Dolphins. You know, I'd bet that the Jets weren't going to win a game all season. Even the Patriots had to make a last-minute comeback to beat the Texans. The word is parody, guys. Every league strives to have parody. And yet the NFL has it all over the place. You ever heard that term, any given Sunday? It is absolutely true. Any football team can beat another team. No matter how bad it is in the NFL, no matter how bad an NFL team is, even the Browns always have a chance to win a game. A smaller chance than the Patriots. Yes, the Browns are less likely to win a game than the Patriots. But that's that's what makes the NFL so special. In the NBA, you can chalk up pretty much every game throughout the season. You can say, well, as long as LeBron James doesn't sit or James Harden doesn't get hurt, this team will win every single one of these games. But football is very unique. There is so much going on. There are so many players and so many aspects to every game that every team has a chance every week. You know, even the Jets won. That is incredible. And you think about it right now. The Jets have more wins than the Giants. What? I I would not have thought that going into week four of the NFL. The NBA worked so hard to avoid tanking. And, you know, the three teams I thought were going to tank in the NFL all won this week. The Bills, the Jets, and the Colts. All three won games. Football is just a different kind of sport. You know... Even by the NFL, the, just the nature of the NFL, it, 
allows league parity. If you don't bring it week to week, another team will come and pit you in the mouth. Another team will beat you. That is really exciting to me. And that is why the NFL is king. It's time. It is time for Kevin Durant. You know, I really wanted to start today's show with this. But, you know, it's, it's late September. It's the middle of the NFL season. We just had the president say all kinds of horrible stuff about the NFL. And the Carmelo trade happened. But Kevin Durant is what I really wanted to talk about today. I find Kevin Durant really extremely compelling. My dad had a phrase he used to tell me growing up. My dad used to say to me, when the dog barks, the lion isn't bothered. You know, Kevin Durant makes millions and millions of dollars. He's incredibly famous. He's an NBA champion. So he's rich. Kevin Durant's rich, famous, and successful. You would think that any criticism would just roll right off his shoulder. Uh, But no. Kevin Durant is actually incredibly insecure. And I have very mixed feelings about Kevin Durant. In some ways, I completely relate to him. And in other ways, I look at his actions and think, dude, what are you doing? A few of the th- here's, a, here's a few of the things Kevin Durant has done this NBA offseason. You know, first of all, he's really, really weird on Twitter. He is always, always defending himself. He feels like he needs to. He, Kevin Durant seems to feel like it's him against the world. And you can say that he doesn't care, but he clearly cares what people on the Internet have to say. Kevin Durant made shoes that had the quotes of all these Internet trolls on all over the shoe. So clearly he cares what everyone thinks. So and, and then after winning the NBA championship, he goes and puts a documentary on YouTube kind of defending himself and explaining his decision to leave OKC. Explaining his journey and winning a championship. Then more recently, there's this whole Twitter snafu where it's, it's more than pretty clear that Kevin Durant probably has fake Twitter accounts to defend himself. Kevin Durant. There are two major issues Kevin Durant is struggling with. One is that he is extremely insecure. And two, he's really still struggling with that decision he made to leave the Golden State Warriors. You know, I'm really, really proud. I believe I have come a, and grown so much from when I was a senior in high school. I've come to realize since I graduated, it's been about two years now, I've come to realize that not everyone will like you. That's life. And it's important to like yourself. And usually the more you like yourself, more people will be drawn to you. But if someone someone doesn't like you, hey, that's that's life. That happens. You can't win them all. You you know, my favorite thing on social media is called Instagram stories. I, I love sharing stories. I get to show people my day and usually kind of the cool things I'm doing. I do a lot of cool stuff, by the way, so I like sharing that. And I get quite a few views, and it's fun. People message me back saying, oh, that's really cool, or that's funny, or that's relatable. It's fun. I love it. I love sharing my day. I get to be creative and share my Instagram stories. And yet some people criticize my Instagram stories. They say I make mine way too long. And it's funny, though, the people that criticize me usually watch the entire thing. It's like, if you don't like it, don't watch it. You you know, I hope they know you can indeed swipe right and just avoid the entire thing. Look, 
I do it the way I want to do it. I don't apologize for that. But to do to have that mindset, you need to have a lot of confidence. You have to be really confident and strong with who you are. And Kevin Durant clearly is not. And here's what I find really relatable about Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is really struggling with the decision he made to leave the Oklahoma City Thunder and join the Golden State Warriors. I understand the way he is feeling. In high school, I switched schools. I left my first school in Portland, Oregon for two reasons. It was painful. It was hard. First, my coach didn't want me. He made it very clear that, you know, going into my junior year, he didn't want me to play quarterback for him. And so I left. And my second reason was my team was terrible. My team could not win any games. They literally, my team literally went 0-10 after I left. And, and, you know, I want to point out my old school is really changing things. My old school in Portland, they have a new coach. They're changing the culture. In fact, their new head coach was my favorite coach growing up. Um, so I, I do want to say my old school in Portland has made great strides. But, but when I was in high school at the time, things were different. I left. I went to a better school. I went to a prominent powerhouse in Washington. We won games. It was fun. You know, my first season at my new school in Vancouver, we won more games in one season than I had won in my entire life leading up to that. I broke passing yards at my new school. I had a ton of fun. We won games. It was the best. But there was always this small voice in the back of my head and it was saying, man, If I'd just been better at football, my old coach would have wanted me. If I'd been a little better at football, I would have been able to win games. No matter who my teammates would have been, I would have been able to carry our team. If only I had been better. But that voice was irrational. Yet, it's all that went through my head. I had guilt. I had shame. And I felt it quite often too. I felt like I took the easy way out. And that was really hard for me to admit and hard for me to live with. That is what Kevin Durant is going through. That's what's going on in Kevin Durant's head. I left friends behind. People I loved. People I grew up with. You know, switching schools in high school was one of the most impactful moments of my entire life. You know, for good though, I did learn many, many important lessons. Kevin Durant did something very similar. Yet the truth is, Kevin Durant would not have been able to win a ring if he had stayed in Oklahoma City. He would not have been able to beat the Warriors. And even if Kevin Durant somehow miraculously was able to beat the Golden State Warriors, he would not have been able to beat LeBron James in the finals. You know, leaving can really, really hurt you. It can hurt your ego. It's really tough. I can see it tearing Kevin Durant apart. We can, we can watch his actions. Twitter. His weird hater shoes. His documentary, which really felt like he was leaving something out. It felt like a PR stunt. And, you know, I feel really sad for Kevin Durant. He did 100% the right thing. He got a ring. He's winning. Life is good. Winning is way more fun. Kevin Durant did everything right. You know, if you got offered a better situation at a new company, you would take it. And that's what's weird about sports. 
You know, if someone worked, if, if you, if you worked in a dysfunctional office that was about to have major issues, you wouldn't feel bad at all when you left for the new company, the successful company with a better team of people to work with, where you would be happier. Kevin Durant did exactly what you and I would have done, and yet we hate him for it. Really quick, before we take a short break, there's one thing, there's one place that Dwayne Wade should go. There is one place Dwayne Wade should go play basketball next season. That is the Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, I'm looking at this thing on Instagram today, and it said Dwayne Wade should sign with the Cavaliers, the Thunder, the Spurs, or the Heat. Now, the answer is very simple. Go to the Cavs. Dwayne Wade should go to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Sign a one-year deal and play with LeBron. It's your best chance to win another title. Unless he went and signed with the Warriors. But he's not going to sign with the Warriors. So sign a one-year deal. If you still want to play next year, you can follow LeBron to LA. You have a chance to play with the greatest, maybe second greatest, but definitely top two Greatest basketball players of all time. You know, I honestly think LeBron's better than MJ. That's just me. But you have a chance to compete for a championship. You know, the Spurs are old. They're not going to win a championship. The Thunder are going to have all sorts of issues around Carmelo Anthony. And Miami is home. That's familiar. So maybe Miami has the best chance of landing him outside of Cleveland. So you just have to ask, what does Dwayne Wade want? Does he want to get a new, another ring? Or does he want to go home and finish his career in Miami? Because if Dwayne Wade wants to win another ring, he should go to Cleveland. That's where I think he should go. That's where I want him to go. I would really love to see Dwayne Wade and LeBron James team up again. I'm going to take another short break. Uh, when I return, we will discuss the Seahawks and who will win the Pac-12. My name is Zach Schoenler. This is Strong Opinion Sports, and I'll be right back. I am a big Seahawks fan, and every single one of the Seahawks fans loves their defense, especially Richard Sherman. And as a Seahawks fans, I want the Seahawks to improve. I want the very best for the Seahawks. You know, you know, a similar comparison is my best friends. When I'm doing something wrong, I want my friends to point that out. You know, I made a video once about a TV show called 13 Reasons Why, and when I shared my original opinion... They pointed out that I had a lot of things wrong. And when they told me I was wrong, that ultimately helped me create and strengthen my argument. If I'm doing something wrong, I want my friends to point that out. I want friends that aren't afraid to call me out and say, hey, you got to change this. You know, another example is when my brother died. One of my best friends, Shelby, pointed out that I was just wallowing. Uh, She said I needed to move forward and continue my life. And that was really hard to hear, but it was necessary. I needed to hear that. You know, my friends sometimes share harsh realities with me, but they're honest because they love me. My friends want what's best for me. So they say things that are hard to hear sometimes. The Seahawks need to trade Richard Sermon. And the Seahawks also need to sign Colin Kaepernick. I'm critical of the Seahawks because I love them. I want what's best for the Seahawks. Just ask yourself, if Bill Belichick ran the Seattle Seahawks, what would he do? Bill Belichick would trade the star defensive players who are older 
and aging. And he would get whatever he could for them. And he would use those guys to acquire an offensive line. You know, Tom Brady has never had a bad offensive line. There's a reason for that. Defense is important. I'm not suggesting we strip the whole defense and get rid of everybody. But look, it's coming close to time. Yesterday, the Seahawks defense gave up 33 points. You have to get value well. you still can. Russell Wilson isn't getting any younger. In a couple of years, he's not going to be able to scramble and run all over the place. Russell Wilson can win from the pocket. We saw that in the Tennessee Titans game last week. If Russell Wilson didn't have to run around for his life every play, Russell Wilson would probably have the best year of his career. We can see, we've seen that Russell Wilson can make every throw. Russell Wilson is a dominant quarterback. I think he's a top five quarterback in the NFL. And we, we forget that even though he acts older and, and more mature, this is really Russell Wilson's first season as a veteran. However, Russell Wilson takes way too many hits. In fact, Russell Wilson got hurt just last year. And if Russell Wilson doesn't play for the Seahawks, their season is over. You know, my prime example of that is the 49ers game last week. Without Russell Wilson's heroic touchdown at the end of the game, the Seahawks would have lost to the lowly 49ers. Yeah, the Seahawks need to sign Colin Kaepernick. Because if Russell Wilson gets hurt, the Seahawks have no alternative. And Ka- Kaepernick would work in Seattle. It's a more liberal city that wouldn't be intimidated or bothered by Cap. The Seahawks really do need a contingency plan in case Russell Wilson gets hurt. And if another quarterback gets hurt and Kaepernick signs somewhere else, the Seahawks would be completely out of luck. They'll have nothing, no backup plan. They'll have nothing they can even do. It is time for the Seahawks to get a backup plan. They need to trade or they need to sign Colin Kaepernick. The Seahawks need Colin Kaepernick as a backup plan for when Russell Wilson gets hurt. You know, I was texting my buddy Keith yesterday. It was a very fun conversation. He's a, uh, he's a really cool guy. Uh, Keith is a really big Oregon Ducks fan. So he asked me who I thought would win the Pac-12. <laughs> I ended up texting him you know, quite a long answer. And I was like, oh, I realized this is interesting. I should talk about this on my podcast. So I figured I need to share that on SOS, and USC is currently ranked fifth in the nation. I think USC is completely overrated. Look, USC has been dead to rights a few times this year, and the only reason that the USC Trojans are 4-0 is because they have the best quarterback in the nation. Look, I competed against Sam Darnold in the Elite 11 drills leading up to my senior year. The summer before my senior year, I was in the field with Sam Darnold a couple times. Sam Darnold is special. You know, with a minute and a half left in the fourth quarter, down a touchdown, Sam Darnold is not only one of those rare guys that would want the ball, Sam Darnold is one of those even rarer guys. Like, there, it's like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and I don't even know, Sam Darnold. Like, there's, there's very few guys like this that they not only play, they not only want the ball in the fourth quarter, but when the pressure gets hotter and the pressure gets tougher and the situation is more dire, guys like Sam Darnold actually elevate their play. We saw that last week with that jump pass. Sam Darnold is one of those guys who just gets better when the going gets tough. However, I firmly believe it is only a matter of time 
before USC has a mishap and loses a game. You know, it would be extremely impressive if they ran the table. However, I do not think they can win 12 weeks in a row. USC doesn't have a bye week this year. So even with Sam Darnold, I don't think they can do it. I don't think they can make it happen. You know, USC plays Washington State this Friday. Um, and, and I think this is a trap game for USC. You know, USC's defense has a very short week uh, to prepare for USC's air raid, or for WSU's air raid offense. WSU runs a really complicated offense, and I don't think USC has enough time to prepare for what they have in store. So I believe Friday is a trap game for USC. Um, they, they may not end up losing WSU, but Utah, there are going to be a lot of times where USC is challenged this season. I also believe even if they do run the table, UW is better. So they'll meet in the Pac-12 championship game, USC and UW, and USC is going to beat, USC is going to lose to UW. USC has way more things going for them. Even though Sam Darnold is a better quarterback than Washington's quarterback, Jake Browning, UW has so many more things going for them. They have a better roster, and I really believe UW has a better coach with Chris Peterson than USC's coach. A better roster, a better coach. I believe UW will go undefeated and win the Pac-12. So I have three teams, I believe. uh, I have three slots already chosen for the college football playoff. You know, I have Ohio State and Pe- or Penn State. Whoever wins the Big Ten, right? Ohio State or Penn State. I believe Oklahoma is going to run the table. They won't lose. So they'll land a spot in the playoff. And I also believe that Clemson is probably going to run the table. Clemson has a pretty easy schedule the rest of the year. They beat Lamar Jackson. They've won big games. Um, they have, the tough part of their schedule is already over. So I think Clemson's going to run the table. So that's three of the four spots already taken up in the college football playoff. That would leave us with Alabama and USC. And yes, I do, I do believe that a Big Ten winner would get the nod ahead of UW, even if the Big 12 winner had a loss and UW was undefeated. The Big Ten is the best conference in football. And actually, the SEC is probably the worst. That would put Alabama in a really weird spot. They have no margin for error. And if Alabama slips up and loses an SEC game, that would mean that uh, they're probably not in the playoff. Assuming that the other teams beside the Big Ten go undefeated. That would mean that Clemson goes undefeated, UW goes undefeated, Oklahoma goes undefeated. Big Ten does not, but they beat each other up. If that all happened and Alabama lost a game, Alabama might not be in the playoff. I mean, here's how bad the SEC is. Last week leading up to the Alabama game, all I heard was how good Vanderbilt was. You know, everyone said, oh, Vanderbilt is the second best team in the SEC. They're going to play Alabama. It's going to be a good game. Well, uh, Alabama crushed Vanderbilt 59-0. to So if that's the second best team in the SEC, tell me again how good the SEC is. Because it's really just Alabama and there's nothing underneath them. Florida's awful. LSU is awful. Tennessee can't do squat. And I know everyone's pumped about Georgia, but Georgia has one win. They have one win all season. Sorry, one, one, one win that matters. Georgia beat Notre Dame. And that doesn't even, that doesn't even matter to me. That's like their big, their big win, you know. It's like you beat Notre Dame. That's the expectation. You should beat Notre Dame. Notre Dame isn't elite. So the point of all that is to say that the SEC 
really is not what it used to be. And if Alabama loses a game in the SEC, that is going to give them a really big stain on their resume. This may be the year that Alabama misses out on the college football playoff. My name is Zach Shelmer. This has been Strong Opinion Sports. Uh, the numbers are growing. It's kind of fun. People are starting to listen, and it's really, really growing steam. Um, so keep telling your friends about the show. And, and go like the Strong Opinion Sports Facebook page on Facebook. Um, go subscribe on iTunes and on YouTube. And just thank you so much for listening. I appreciate your guys' support. Have a great day, everybody.